Father in heaven, as we, um, as we spend just a few moments thinking about you and your, um, your wonderful plan for our lives and your, uh, your great, great love for us. And, and uh, we, just, we want to be better servants of yours. And that's why we're here in this class, is to find ways to develop our strengths that you've given to each one of us and to develop areas that we aren't as strong in so that we can be better able to help others. And so bless us this time, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Okay, so I have these cards that I carry from time to time. When I take my walks, I call my walks my sabbatical. And so one of the things I do is carry my scripture cards. And so this one, I was looking at this this morning. It's Proverbs 20, verse 5. And it says, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but a man of understanding draws them out. And to me, this is a perfect verse for somebody that's um, <clears throat> a coach or learning skills to, to uh, increase communication with people, to, to help other people. And so, first of all, the, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters. That means this is something, you know, it, it's not just surface, right? It's not just on the, on the surface. It's, it's something deep inside, something very meaningful, maybe even something that they're not even aware of. They haven't really consciously thought about, but it's in there. And so then it says, but a man of understanding draws them out. And the, this is so interesting because the modern um, the education, the word education, the word to be an educator, that's the modern definition of drawing someone out. So they're, so they're really the same, the same thought. If, you're, if you are um, an educator, your role as a skillful educator is to draw out from somebody. It's not just to stand up here for the next hour and tell you, you know? Your, your role is to draw out from them. And so you are, you are asking those powerful, open-ended questions so that you can help somebody to think what it, what's deep inside of them. And what happens? What happens when somebody, um, when somebody asks you, and I'm asking you this question, what happens when somebody asks you one of those powerful questions and you become aware of something that maybe you hadn't really thought very much about. What happens? You're thinking. What kind of powerful question are you talking about? What's that? What did you say, sir? You think before you speak because they really want an answer. Ah. Finding out is sometimes they say, you know, I really don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, so you're. So when somebody asks you one of those powerful questions, you're thinking. You want to. You you're taking that more into. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Great. And your your question was. What kind of powerful question are you talking about? Well, any kind. When you're when you're trying to, um, you know, maybe when you're. Getting to know somebody, for example, better, or when you feel like you're. Um, you know, as an educator, maybe you know something that would be helpful to them. That that you know, let's say they're um, not exercising, for example. You know, just some take that out, and and so you would you want to say to them, you know, you really should be out there taking a walk. You really should be out there exercising. Is that going to help? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, <laughs> and so, I really our goal uh, is to ask those good questions so that we can help to draw out from somebody. And what what kind of things are drawn out? Um, to me, when somebody asks a really good question, it draws out 
what's important to me. It draws out my, my purpose, my, my values. These things are coming out when, when somebody asks me a really good question. And, um, and I think that the word understanding, a man of understanding draws them out. One of the character strengths that we talked about yesterday or was on your list is wisdom. And so I think wisdom is a character strength. I think to have understanding is a character strength. And we can actually develop that if we want to have more wisdom or understanding in, in working with people, helping people. That's a skill that we can, can develop more of. But when people have more understanding about themselves, um, a friend of mine was saying how that she would come home from work and just automatically turn toward the direction of the kitchen. And then she started asking herself, why do I turn the that because it was not a good time of the day to be turning that direction. I mean, you know, it's, it's sometimes that's a good thing to do. You know, go home and fix supper or whatever. But for her, that wasn't the best direction. Um, and so she was thinking about, why don't I turn another direction in the house, something that I can do for myself that would be a better choice rather than to just go and maybe meet, um, you know, a, a habit or maybe a, a way to relieve stress. What's another way I can go do that? And take, so that's... Take a nap. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of good ways, isn't there, to help relieve that stress. Okay, well, thanks so much. And um, so now we're gonna go on into our... Okay, we're gonna do a little bit of review of what is coaching? Somebody give me a, give me a definition of what, you, what you've been learning, of what is coaching? Listening and encouraging. Great. Anything else? Yes. Helps people move from where they are to where they want to be. The word coach comes from stagecoach, of moving somebody from where they are to where they want to go. And there's coaches in all kinds of different areas, but we're talking about coaching in the form of uh, listening and helping move, people move through conversation. Okay. Uh, some of the uh, qualities of a good coach. Intentional listening. And what does that mean to you? Intentional listening. Without thinking about your next words. Trying to understand, trying to uh, understand the feelings, the, the, uh, the things that really aren't said. Sometimes we want to understand those as well. And that's what you were going to say. Okay. Uh, another quality about being a coach, yes. Comfortable to express, to talk. Have empathy. What is empathy? Walking in somebody else's moccasins, right, in their, in their shoes, and uh, trying to understand their feelings instead of focusing on my feelings. That's more of a sympathy. Yeah, that's what we were, we've talked a lot about that. As far as um, when somebody says, oh, I've had this happen to me, and, and our instinct is to say, oh, yeah, when I was blah, 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 that happened to me too. But, uh -huh. but keeping our focus on the other person. And that is something to be learned. That doesn't come naturally. No. In a conversation, we typically want to, somebody says, you know, I, I had this, uh, my, my daughter-in-law's, have been pregnant and they come back and they tell you you wouldn't believe all the stories that people tell me you know all you have to do is say I've been pregnant and then all the women tell all their pregnancy stories <laughs> <laughs> you know and you just hear uh, whenever you it is expressed we have a story that goes with it and so being a good coach is holding back on your story and listening to their story uh, well I have a question because this is what happened to me and I don't want to repeat it because I would be you know it was told in confidence. But if somebody has done something wrong. If someone's done something wrong. They feel really guilty. And they feel guilty. And so they want to talk about it with you. But and they you want don't to have a solution for that. And you can't judge them. And you can't uh, preach to them. You really have. How do you handle that? How do you handle it when somebody has a problem and you can't solve it? 
What do you think? Professional, you have to redirect them to the right person. You may need to direct them to professional counseling. When we talked about the difference in that as well. That's one area. Yeah, does anybody else have something that they would share? Yes. Sometimes just listening to them or helping them to say things out loud. Having a good listener. Solution, because you can't give them a solution anyway. You can't give them a solution anyway because it is really their issue. But when you feel listened to, there are words that come out and dots that are connected that helps a person come up with their own ways of handling the issue. We're not the people that have the answers. Coaches do not give solutions. They may brainstorm ideas, which is something that we will talk about, but the individual is the one that decides the path that will get them from where they are to where they want to go. Well, this was done, so it couldn't be changed, but what I did, and I heard it from you two, I gave the example of um, the son, you know, the prodigal son. The prodigal son, you gave an example of the father. I said the Lord uh, is forgave him. The Lord forgave him, and the son came back. And, and let's have a prayer, and that'll help him. So you gave a biblical story that related to what she was talking about, that the father's always there for you no matter where you've been. By, and saying, by doing it in prayer, not preaching to her, but just say, well, let's, let's just pray about it, because look at, you, he had done terrible things, and... And he was forgiven. So this was a biblical concept, a biblical story that helped with the situation you were dealing with. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay, uh, John, would you hit the panic button over there? Yeah. Today, um, <laughs> that makes the lights go off. Thank you. Today we're talking about questioning, and we're talking about setting and reaching goals. Um, what were some of the questions that Jesus asked? Do you remember Jesus asking questions? He was a pretty good coach, wasn't he? He was lots of other things, too. Yes, what's a... He asked, would you give me a drink of water? He also asked her, who is your husband? Who is your husband? Now, was that revealing? Did he know the answers? Sometimes we ask questions when... You know, we're bringing out some of the obvious. Yeah. Where are your accusers? Where are your accusers? Yeah. In the four Gospels, Jesus asked 307 questions. Ooh. That's a bunch of questions, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my. We're not going to ask them 307, yeah. <laughs> are we? But there are some examples. Interesting question. Do you want to get well? No. Would you like to be healed? Do you think that there's people who don't want to get healed? And why would they not want to be healed? Because they don't want to believe in Jesus Christ. Maybe because they don't want to, uh, to believe. They don't want to change. What kind of benefit would somebody get from being sick? Sympathy, attention, uh, yeah, benefits in all kinds of different ways. Do you want to be healed? We could go into you know, these questions for a long time. Uh, what do you want me to do for you? What do you seek? What did Moses command you to do? What do you want me to do for you today? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, another one is, whose portal is this? And, who, and whose inscription? <laughs> when he was talking about the, uh, the, the coin. Will you give me a drink? What did you go to the desert to see? I think that's a good one too. Yeah. Where? Yeah. The one they asked Martha, "Do you believe? Do mm -hmm. you believe?" So there are many questions. This is a biblical concept that we're that we're talking about today. But asking questions is very, very powerful. Asking questions that help people to think. And yesterday we talked about some of the why questions, and there are appropriate why questions and inappropriate 
why questions like why in the world did you do something that stupid you know which which is what some people imply but um, uh, on the handout that we had yesterday we have some examples of some good why questions but we want to ask open-ended questions and what does that mean an open-ended question is where you are um, Again, to me, it's this man of understanding that's trying to draw somebody out. When people are drawn out, when they hear what they're, you know, when we hear what we have to say, um, it has an effect on us. We actually believe what we, we say we, to ourselves. We believe more what I, I believe more what I say to myself than anybody else, except you, of course. <laughs> of course, of course. I guess open-ended questions will be questions that doesn't end in a yes or no answer. It doesn't end in a yes or a no. But they open the door for them to tell you a story. Open the door for stories. That's perfect. A perfect. story, because a story, a story is what draws out emotion from us. And, and if we are going to get movement, we need to tap into our feelings, our, our emotions. They say emotions create motion. And so that's, those stories are vital. Yes. And they remind us how God has led us in the past. Mm. They help clarify what we will do. They move us from talking to action. So asking some open-ended questions, what do they usually start with? What and how and when, yes. And our first homework question was to ask someone, you know, what was a highlight of your day today? And did that lead to some stories? Mm -hmm. Yes. And we did mention that the why questions, like Evelyn said earlier, and you had a hand on your handout yesterday, is that why questions can be really good. The when right they, ones are powerful. Yeah, when they have a positive message to them. But when it's a negative why question, then that's not really a good kind of one to ask. But if they have a positive intent to them. Like, why do you smoke is not a good question. No. Why did you quit smoking? <laughs> you know, that would be, you know, something that would bring out positive response from them. Right. So today, one of our questions that we're going to be working with is, what is a healthy habit that you would like to have in your life? And that's a different way of asking the question. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. it's, what do you want to change? Or what do you want to, you know, what's wrong? Tell me what's wrong and, you know, you know, and they, oh, I eat too much sugar or I eat, you know, I'm drinking too much, whatever. But uh, what is a healthy habit? How is that different? How is it different to say, what's a healthy habit that you would like? It changes from the negative to the positive. And we move, we are, we are more likely to move in a positive direction when we are thinking in a positive way. Instead of, I'm not going to eat that cookie, I'm not going to, you know, drink that soda, I'm not going to, is, I'm going to drink more water, I'm going to eat more fiber, and I'm going to exercise more, and, uh, and that leads us in a positive direction. So, a couple of uh, review on appreciative inquiry. Uh, would someone like to tell me the definition of appreciative inquiry? What does inquiry mean? A question. Appreciative means... To appreciate, yep, and to evaluate. So we're going to ask questions to find out good things. That's what an appreciative. That's what the way. That's what they call it in the in the books. So there's some in different areas with appreciative inquiry that you can develop with a person. And so with the first one here is a, as a review is their personal values, and questions such as why is this really important to me, or what's my purpose here. What, what do I treasure about that? that? These kind of things, again, as we said, they bring out the value, our values, and such as examples of being a good example, living with balance, honoring God, um, and as Evelyn said yesterday, being healthy for my grandchildren. <laughs> so if we can understand our values, we behave according to our values and our beliefs. But sometimes we have to understand what are our values and our beliefs and maybe I want to take a value that's not so high right now and bring it 
up a little bit higher. For instance, I want to be healthy. And if I find spirituality as being a high value, I'll ask myself, how does being healthy enhance my value of spirituality? And so you can bring a value higher by connecting it with other things. I want to be a healthy grandma. And so what is it that I will want to do in order to be able to climb mountains with my grandchildren in a few years? And that, that gives me, that gives me uh, passion to live a certain way. Okay, the second is character strengths. And why is it that we would want to focus on something that's good in our life? Isn't that kind of bragging to say, <laughs> you know, this is something I'm really good at? You know, these are character strings from the Lord. These are, are qualities that, that he's given to us, and we're all different. We all have different qualities. And, and as we use, you know, I can ask myself, how can I use my, my um, curiosity, my, my strength of curiosity to, to talk to somebody? I can use that by, instead of telling them what I think they should do, I can ask them questions. I can be curious about what they already know and what they know is going to already be helping them. Sometimes, we, you know, again, we just support them so that they can hear themselves speak. And so we use these character strengths not only to help us be better coaches, but we find out from them what they know as their own character strengths to help them make these um, changes that they're trying to make. Do you think everybody has a character strength? We often focus on what we can't do. But if we focus on what the character strength that God has placed in us, it actually makes us more confident to go forth and do more in service, doesn't it? Instead of saying, I can't do that or I can't do this, what is it that I can do? What has God what are the gifts that God has given to me? And it changes the whole perspective. And in uh, Neil Nedley's program, Optimize Your Brain, a, a huge component of that is to take these strengths and, and recognize what kind of strengths do I have and build on those. Mm-hmm. It actually affects your brain. Isn't that amazing? To, to focus on positive strengths in our life. And then to uh, the third point, which we did not cover yesterday, is to create a supportive environment in the things that surround us. So how do we create this supportive environment? Right. And so, again, we're, we're talking about how to help people make changes in their lives. So we're, we're, we're pointing out those characteristics that are going to help us with change. And this third one, if we don't talk about their environment, then we're not really going to be able to help a person. We might be able to talk, about, talk with them about why it's important to them, but if we don't coach their environment, we're missing half the picture. And so we need to um, find out from them what would help them in their, like it says here, with people, places, things, tools, routines, schedules. Um, give me an example of something to do with a person's schedule that might help them accomplish a change that they're trying to make. Let's say that let's say that you're you're somebody that's trying to get out in the morning for exercise. What might you suggest, or what might you find out from somebody of what it would help them with their schedule? What time do you go to bed at night? Yes. Finding out friends who go run with you. Find out who would get up and go with you in the morning. Yes. So those are things about their environment. What what's my bedtime? What who could I have? as a buddy yes deciding on priorities in your life that would be an important component yes too, back right? to those values that big why question that we've been keep going back to yes so um having getting walking shoes go, maybe going to an exercise class having a way to report your progress to someone else to be accountable uh, these are some examples, but looking at how do I create a positive environment for success. Uh, looking at the goals, and this is a, um, our topic for today, is, is how do you set those goals? And many of you are familiar with the SMART goal. 
And the first is to be specific. What is it that I want to accomplish? And this is kind of the whole piece here, is that I want to get 30 minutes of moderate exercise at least three days a week. Now, do you see that as being pretty specific? It's not, I'm just going to exercise more or I'm just gonna go for a walk every day, but it's getting pretty specific. So the S in SMART. Now the next one is, for M, is measurable. And so we wanna be able to see a person doing this, we wanna have a way of measuring it, such as how much am I going to do? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a walk for 10 minutes. And how often? Well, maybe I wanna do that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And, and so how am I going to measure my progress? Maybe I'll be keeping a, a chart so that I know that I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I will increase exercise for 30 minutes. have a moderate exercise at least three times a day, uh, three times a week, and I'll log my exercise. The uh, A means action-based. And so you've seen that it says in each one of these we say, I will, not I'm going to think about. <laughs> But the action is there of I will, and I will be doing it consistently. A question that we will often ask people is, well, how confident, you know, after they've set a goal, after they decided this is what they want, I want to do, how confident are you on a scale of 1 to 10 that you'll be able to, to do it like you've, you've outlined it? And, and so that's a very important question. Usually if, a, if it's like 7 or above, that's a good indication that they're feeling pretty confident of Does that. Does that sound like that'd be a pretty high number? If I said, okay, I, I'm a seven. Oh, okay, you're pretty confident. But if I were to say, well, maybe like a five, six. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> you, that's something to consider. You might consider changing the goal, but first you might wanna, you know, explore, well, you know, what would it, what might it take to make it um, a seven? a seven or an eight. Uh, and if, if you don't come up with something that they're really interested in doing, something that sounds appealing to them, because those goals have to be appealing. There has to be some, there has to be some perk in doing this. It can't be um, something, you know, I'm gonna go to the gym, but I hate going to the gym. Now, how likely am I gonna go, be to go to the gym? It won't happen, maybe no. once. <laughs> yeah. So it has to be something that a person is excited about and feel that they can actually do. Time bound, this is the T. And this means it's time sensitive of when will I reach this goal? When will I evaluate my progress? And uh, so maybe it's I'll be doing this by the end of the month. I will be exercising three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for 30 minutes by July 1. You know, and that's getting really specific, isn't it? Uh, that this is, this, but I, 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 can, I can see it. And as we do a demonstration here in just a few minutes, um, if you watch the expression on the individual's face, you get this aha moment of, yes, I can do this and feel like that we're going in the direction that we want to go. It, it seems to me it, it's incremental. It's incremental. You can get started. Because I don't know, my schedule is very tight. Your, your schedule is pretty tight. So I used to walk 18 miles a week. Yes. I mean, and it just it got down to 12 because I just was so big. I could see the, the weight loss. Uh-huh. So you went from 18 miles to 12 miles because of crazy schedule. You know, it was terrible, though. I accept the fact now that 12 miles doesn't do what 18 does. You know that you're not getting the same benefit the with 12. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I'm finding out as I walk, you know, you try to encourage other folks. Listen, I can't do like this young man here. Yes. Who can go to CrossFit. You can't, you can't do the same as a young person. Not in my life. Not right now. Uh-huh. But there's something you can do. Exactly. And, and I, I, see, I even learned to stay away. I don't get on the scale anyway. Uh -huh. But I do see the result of blood pressure. You see the result to do what it is that's exactly. within your ability within to no do. But you hard. can't compare yourself no, with somebody that's younger. Okay. That's right. Uh huh. And so a SMART goal is a goal that's realistic right. for my age, where I am exactly. right now, exactly. and that I will see success. 
because success breeds success. If I set up a goal that I can't do, then I'm, I'm just setting myself up for failure and will not continue. Thank you. And then you can add S to that called SMARTS, <laughs> and that's to stay optimistic and thinking positive about this. And some people like to put a little reward on there. You know, after I've done this and, by, and when I hit July 1 and I've been doing this for three weeks or four weeks, I'm going to buy myself a book or I'm going to whatever. I'm, I'm going to connect that with a reward. Uh, and understanding that I can do this with God's help. You know, you are here because you know that God can give you power. And you wake up in the morning and you pray for that power and he will give it to you. And then some people like to sign a commitment, especially if you're doing uh, uh, some work with someone else to actually say, you know, to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow this. And to somehow write your name and, and your date down there can give a little bit more umph and, and encouragement. You know, i say something there, too, that uh, one, one group that, we're ha that I have right now, we have a weekly commitment you know we don't call it that but every week we set our steps and they put it in writing and they keep a copy and then they give me a copy and and it's the you know one of them it's very helpful they say you know this really helps me to be accountable to have have this in writing where I can look at it and see you know am I doing it am I keeping up with it others will put it like on their refrigerator somewhere where it's visible so it's a good thing to, to put it in writing. That's a helpful. Some examples of goals. One, a bad goal is I will lose weight. What's a good goal? A good one would be I will eat one serving of beans each day Monday through Friday. That's more that's, specific. That's more specific. I will control my blood sugar. I will go for a 10-minute walk after lunch and supper Monday through Friday. Okay, so you can see the first one is a I will, but it doesn't have the other components in it. I will pay attention to how I feel when I eat, because a lot of people are mood eaters. I will log my thoughts and emotions when I eat lunch and dinner on Tuesday and Thursday this week. I will exercise more. I will go for a 15-minute walk after lunch on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Not this. I will eat less sugar. <laughs> I will have one dessert this week at Sabbath lunch and savor it slowly. <laughs> uh, not this. I will just drink more water. I will drink eight ounces of water at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Pretty specific. So uh, setting those goals, and you have the examples there on your handout. <laughs> we don't recommend bringing up, well, what do you think the problems are going to be? you know, the obstacles that are there. But when people bring up obstacles, these are some ways that you can address them. You can ask yourself, you know, well, what would it look like if I didn't have that obstacle? And so you can um, ask them that. You can say, well, what would be different um, if you were to change this? If you didn't have that obstacle, how would it be different? Mm -hmm. What would it take to make this happen? So looking at the positive, how do you draw that out into the positive? If all the obstacles were eliminated, how would you proceed to accomplish your goal? So looking beyond the obstacle, and we may have time to spend on that um, tomorrow. When you're talking with somebody, you always want to find out at the end, or do your best to find this out of what has been helpful from our conversation today. What's your takeaway? What, what have you really learned? What's that pearl? Because again, as we express, that expression deepens impression. Very good. Okay, so if there is someone who's willing to talk about uh, a healthful habit that they would like to achieve in their life, I would be happy to do someone <laughs> from the audience. Is there anybody that would be willing to bear your soul? <laughs> uh, no, that would be, you, you, you have a healthful habit that you would like to have in your life. And um, I, this is not staged, so if there's anybody here that would like to do that, is there a healthful habit that you would like to have in your life? Yes. Okay. I, well, we're going we're gonna to set up a, uh, let's put a couple of chairs up here. Would you stand up a minute? So what's a healthful habit that you would like to have in your life? Well, I became addicted 
to dark chocolate when I manage Godiva chocolates <laughs> because you have to have perfect you have to have perfect chocolates. You can't ever have any moisture on top of it, or you, and so you write off the bad ones and you divide it among the help. And uh, it especially it especially affected um, uh, truffles. What's the healthful habit that you would like to have in your life? Well, I I don't want to have chocolate because I've noticed that it affects arthritis. If you don't have chocolate on the, that day, uh, you don't feel the pain like you do. I, I've come to that conclusion. So what's the healthful habit that you would like to have? Well, the answer is <coughs> don't buy it and have it in the house <laughs> because I see that jar of chocolates when I open my cupboard and I say to myself, well, you're allowed one a day, but you can never have just one a day. You know, you look at that other one and you think, oh, that looks so good. I think I'll just give it a try. Have, has there ever been a time when you've just had one? Yes. Mm -hmm. So you have experienced a time when you've just had one. If you have one chocolate a day, do you think that's a healthful habit? I do. I think it's all right to have one a day, but if I'm not successful at that. You have been able to do it once before, haven't you? Yes, but what do you what, <laughs> Why do you think your what do you think helped you to choose just one chocolate that day? Um well, I told myself that I know the difference between dark chocolate and milk chocolate. Milk chocolate is just means more milk and sugar. And I say, well, they say one dark chocolate a day doesn't hurt. So I can, it's not going to hurt me to just have one. When you have that one piece of chocolate a day, <laughs> what time of the day is the best time for you to have that chocolate? When I'm stressed. What time of the day do you think that would be? Well, you know, probably around 2 o'clock or so, you realize you're running behind schedule. Or, or if I'm deciding that, you know, why don't I, uh, you know, I open the cupboard door to maybe get something out to make for dinner, and I see that jar of chocolates, mm -hmm. and then I think, well, you know, if you just eat a little at a time, savor it and it, it isn't going to hurt and what do you think is the best time of the day for you to have a chocolate i guess uh, i don't know it's only when you think of it <laughs> <laughs> if or you were to it. if you were to choose a time of the day to have a chocolate when would that be what do you think would be the most helpful choice for you I don't know, because if I didn't see it, I wouldn't even think about it. Mm -hmm. So it's on the counter. Um, it's in have the you, have you, you're telling me that you only want to eat it when you see it? Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think of it. Unless I see it for sale in the paper or something, <laughs> then I'll think, oh boy, I better buy three bags or something. <laughs> have you ever hid it in another place where no. you? I'd never think of that. Uh -huh. So what you're saying is when you see chocolate, that makes you want to eat it. Correct. But there are some times that you will just choose one. Yes. And when, If I'm feeling particularly strong that day. Uh-huh. <laughs> or not stressed. And the way that you feel more strong and make positive choices is to? I don't think about it as strength. I just think, you know... I want it, and I'm going to have it. <laughs> <laughs> Your healthful habit that you would like to have is to choose one chocolate a day. Is that what you were saying? Well, I, I think the, the way I think of it is that, you know, I come from an age that you look for bargains, and you when you see bargains, you get them. And so I, I see, you know, I... I'm fine if it's in, not in the house, but if I see the bargain, then I think, oh, you know, I should take advantage of the sale. Mm -hmm. And then I have it. 
<laughs> so you feel that when you um, are stocked up with a bargain, that mm -hmm. that's something that's positive for you. Right. Do you see any negatives to being stocked up with that? Well, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't even notice that I wanted it. And what does that tell you about your choice to have it stop? Well, obviously it's not a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> but when it's in there and you want to choose just one, there are things that you can say to yourself right. where you can choose just one. And, mm -hmm. and what, was that, what was that conversation that would help you to choose just one? Well, I, you know, I, I, it get, I know that it can give me headaches. I know that it can affect arthritis. I know, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't want to do it. So if you remember to give yourself this little lecture, is kind of what you're saying, then that will help you to choose just one. Yes, but usually you're stressed and you're thinking, boy, this will taste good. Or you're thinking, it's, it's good to have just one. Chocolate is good for, dark chocolate is good for you. Or, I mean, you can have all kinds of reasons. So keeping that conversation going when you're having this conversation can help move you in a more positive direction. Mm -hmm. Yes. So sometimes just keeping that conversation going because you have been able to do it before, do you think you can do it again? Well, yes, if you think about it. But as I said, if you're like under stress or something, you're not going through the thinking process. You're just saying, you know, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Give me a piece of chocolate, <laughs> you know. What are ways that you deal with stress? Eating chocolate. <laughs> what are ways that you deal with stress without chocolate? I guess I don't feel that I have a lot of stress. Um, you know, I, I work out and I, I don't feel like I have a lot of stress. I worry more than stress. But, but uh, you know, you, you get stressed pro probably mostly on Friday when you have to get all the things done for the Sabbath and you're behind schedule or something else comes up, things like that. that make you so what can you do when you feel stressed without eating chocolate? Well, get busy and do it. Mm -hmm. But you open the cupboard and you see it there. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that you're in dangerous territory when you open the cupboard. Yeah, move it from the cupboard, I guess, right? So one strategy would be to move it from the cupboard. Mm -hmm. But then you will know where it is. <laughs> but then what? Not necessarily so. I forget where I put things. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that if you move the chocolate to another cupboard, that would be one strategy for yes. you. Uh, you know, the jar, the jar of it would. But when I'm buying three because they're on sale, then, you know, I know it's there. I, I go buy it often. <laughs> so if you can hide it, that would be helpful. Also, you mentioned that uh, having the conversation, keeping the conversation going when you open the cupboard mm -hmm. is one strategy. I, I guess bottom line, if you want to think about it, is that you really don't think this is such a bad thing to do. So you, you do it. So if it's just one, you feel okay about that. Right. And so if you, can, if you continue to keep that conversation going and right. say, right. one piece of chocolate a day... Mm -hmm. And if there was a time in the day that you had planned to have the chocolate, that may help to keep it under control. Right. I mean, when you've spent your entire life, you, uh, I never had chocolate. I didn't know anything about chocolate. I would have never thought of candy or anything. I wasn't raised that way. It only happened when, when I worked. And so I know that I could get along without it. But, you know... They tell you on television and all different places, one piece of chocolate can be good for you. And you like to believe that one. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, so the big picture of the reason that you would like to choose just one piece of chocolate a day, what is the main reason that that is important to you, is to stay with that one piece? Well, because of the effects. They, I do get migraines. And I do have a, a bone that bothers me, arthritic bones. So, 
you know, no one likes to have those headaches. Those migraines are really bad. And um, so, so you know that you feel better when you make right. that choice. Mm-hmm. How confident do you feel that you can choose one piece of chocolate a day? Oh, I, I do a lot, mm-hmm. but not always. And the more times that you make the positive choice, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. But I tell myself it isn't really that bad. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a worse headache, a, a worse um, habit, like, you know, those horrible drinking or something. <laughs> I mean, he didn't say anything about my brain was being affected or just, just the pain. <laughs> So your, your goal is to be healthier, and you feel by being healthier, mm-hmm. choosing one piece of chocolate a day. Not to buy so many chocolates is the best thing. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a, a good goal, too, yes, doesn't it? it? Okay, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thank you for your bravery. I think that you, what you're talking about is not... Um, uh, it is something that a lot of people are dealing with is, you know, how do you, how do you keep sugars under control? Um, yeah. So that was, that was, I'd like to hear your comments. I think that that's kind of what she said at the end is, wouldn't it be better if I just didn't buy it? Mm-hmm. But she had to come up with that herself. I mean, I could have said, well, why in the world do you have that in your kitchen? You know, and she's, you know, she said, you know, when I open my cupboard, it makes me think of it. And, uh, and so she came up with the idea of putting it in another place. When the other person comes up with the idea, it's going to be stronger for them than if I give them a list. And so I keep trying to ask questions so that they come up with the words because we believe what we say but to ourselves. She never, <laughs> she never said what? That she's not going to buy it. <laughs> that she's not going to what? No, she didn't say she was not going to buy it. But she said maybe it would be better if I didn't have it. Mm-hmm. But I think that if she is already, like, well, if she's already experiencing physical symptoms and she's getting migraines and she's getting... If she's having all these physical symptoms because of it. Yeah, then... I, I, well, if I was me, <laughs> I would think, oh, well, this is already damaged and affecting my body, then I would. Yes, yes. And we can, we can sit there and say, this is what I would do, and this makes sense, and this is common sense to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean it is for the other person. And so if I can continue to ask questions so that they think that. Yes. Um, couldn't you have just said, what are some other options that you can make other than just eating one a day? What are some other, what are some other options? And when we talked about stress, we did go into that, what are, because she said she ate it because of stress. And so I said, what are other ways that you could deal with stress? Because she was saying that that was one of them. But if I were to ask her, is there anything that would replace chocolate, what would you say? Was, is there anything that would replace chocolate? I don't know. But what I wanted to say... Uh, just this, uh, just today, I justified this, although I don't have any chocolate here. You didn't bring the chocolate with. <laughs> but um, I justified it because I got some bread, some uh, our healthy. Healthy bread. And I read the label, and I said, how can we think this is healthy? It had honey. On the label, it had some ingredients had where you didn't think it looked very healthy. And it had, I had all of these things, and I thought... This is nothing compared to one piece of chocolate. <laughs> this is pretty we we tend to to find all kinds of justification. It's a comfort food. Yeah. And is it wrong to eat one piece of chocolate a day? It may be for a diabetic. It may be for some instances, but for some people it may be okay, but I am not I am not the one that can, I mean, I could tell her, you know, it's bad for you to eat that chocolate, don't you know? But to bring out those issues that we were trying to bring out, yes. I'm not saying this was the case in this particular situation, but in similar situations, sometimes you're dealing with an addiction. Sometimes you're dealing with an addiction. If it's actually an addiction, they're going to be more successful by cold turkey stop. Absolutely. In an addiction, a cold turkey stop 
would probably be um, uh, one strategy that you could and it use. Might be a piece of data you would need to share. That's right. Coaching session mm -hmm. for them to. That's right. Consider. Yes, that's right. Very good point. She would need to um, replace it with something else. Replace it? Does anything replace chocolate? <laughs> I think that's the question. Carob. Yes. Yes, there, there, there is a time where you can ask, you know, uh, let's brainstorm some strategies, which is more what we're going to do tomorrow. May I share with you uh, some solutions as well? And we're just going to brainstorm, and we're just going to come up with some ideas, and then you can choose what you think. And that's more of what we're, where we're going tomorrow, and you'll see that on our sheet tomorrow. So, Joanne, what was that like for you? Well, I, I want to say that I did think that it was becoming an addiction and I could get diabetes and that's why I left the job because I you know there, there's nothing you can do about that you write them off or you give them to your help but you still are having some yourself and so I did think that could be an addiction and I don't consider myself addicted to it because if I did I probably would have had to bring the chocolates with me here right <laughs> If you can stay with one piece, and that was your goal, was to stay with one piece. Do you think you moved, as you were thinking about it, were there, what was your thinking process when, when, when you think about that goal now? Does it seem like you can go that direction? And I think that I buy it in quantity because, like, if I have to bake cookies or something for an event like this, you know, I'm making, say, let's say peanut butter cookies, and it, it's fun to put a piece of chocolate in the middle uh -huh. or something. And so I buy it more because I think, you know, this is what I'm going to do. But if it wasn't in the house, I wouldn't miss it, and I wouldn't want it. So that's the bottom line. Yeah, we could have gone into, you know, does everybody need chocolate in their house and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. You know but I have the same effect with chocolate when she said the effect that it does. I work for a chocolate company. Uh-oh, Nestle. <laughs> he works for a chocolate company. You know, N-E-S-T-L-E-S. Nestle makes the very best what? Chocolate. So when you work for the chocolate company. And they give it to me. And they give it to you. I mean, at least three four cases a year. Yeah. So you get free chocolate. Candy that Nestle makes. So they just hand it out. So you really have to. But after you eat a couple of bars. After you eat them. It's maybe not, I mean, mine is pretty bad. So I understand, but they're just, it's a process that I think she can work through. Yes. When she says, you know, it either comes between Knowing it's a comfort food, not for me, because I mean, I, I see it all the time, but it's a comfort food for her. Yes. So she, I believe, and this is what I say, incremental, she'll get to the point to say, you know what, as much as this chocolate, it looks good. Uh -huh. Even taking the wrapper off of that Nestle. Even the whole process of just eating it is something, is part of it. Okay, what we're doing right now is trying to solve the problem. What I'd like to look at is the coaching process. Is there something, I don't want to solve problems with the chocolate, but the coaching process, yes. Yes. My question is this, is it the chocolate that is affecting them, mm -hmm. or is it the refined sugar? Well, I don't really want to get into the chocolate issue. We're talking about the coaching piece right now. And so, you know, what about the coaching piece? We can talk about the chocolate another time, but our, our time is scooting. Yes. The question is, at this point is, is it always wrong in coaching to give some personal example? You, you, may, you may give a personal example, uh, but you ask permission. You ask, can I share with you something that happened to me? But that, that is not in the very beginning. 
in the what in in a coaching situation you want to draw a person out find out what be curious about what is it you know what is the value that she has that's getting in the way of moving forward and and the questions that you ask helps to draw that out and so she did mention the health piece that's there uh, but it's not wrong to say, you know, I had a problem with chocolate, and I found out that if I throw it all out and I don't even have it in the house, then it doesn't, you know, something like that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that's her answer. I mean, just because it worked for you does not mean that it's an answer for her. But sometimes it, it is appropriate to share. Yeah. Something else, too, is like when she said that she noticed it made her arthritis worse mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can explore that deeper and say like how how much worse exactly. how important is it to you to be pain free so bringing out some of the reasons why yeah what's the motivation underneath it and does this cause me more pain and by doing something different it would help me to feel better and she did mention that the health piece was a big one yes you really stay focused Staying focused and and repeating. I kept repeating what she told me that her goal was. Her goal was not to get rid of chocolate. And we could have worked with that. And if I knew more of her history and I knew more of the health reasons, I would have probably helped her to realize that having that one piece of chocolate may be keeping her from reaching her goal of being healthy. But I tried to stay right with, I want to eat one piece of chocolate a day. And that's her goal. And if she were to reach that, that's a whole lot better than what she's been doing in the past. Exactly. Right? It may not be optimal, but it moves incremental. It moves in the right direction. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Where did you point? I was just going to say, I'm having a little trouble understanding this value aspect. The value of? what is her value her value as I understood it was that she wanted to limit one piece of chocolate a day because it would help her with her health rather than the value of being healthy is what I would guess from our Yes, yes, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I was thinking it of that was the reason why. I don't know if anybody heard that, but your value was of being healthier and not using chocolate as a stressor. Uh, it wasn't a, a, a matter of uh, healthy because oh. I have a doctor that says to me, to eat chocolate because it is healthy. No, he says to me when I have my physical each year, well, I'll see you next year for your annual physical. There's not many 79-year-old women I can say that to. So I'm healthy, mm -hmm. but I just feel like the problem is that I not only taking one piece. The, the problem is you want to be able to just stay with one piece, and that's where we were trying to head, but not understanding the value. Self-control. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Thank you. Yes. She looks good. Yeah. You look good for 79. Don't say good. That was why I was saying it. I'm just saying that I take medicine. I am healthy. Okay, we need to get to your, we need to have a practice for you. Yeah. Okay, did you want to say something? I just thought it was wonderful um, as you were talking and coaching her, this idea of picking a time. Picking a time. Your piece at 2 o'clock every day. Mm -hmm. So you look forward to it. Yeah, but she didn't really go with that. I was going, because there are times that is healthier if you're going to do chocolate, to do it right after a meal and not between. But, and time constraint was a piece of it too. Uh, so, yeah. So we want you to practice this. So get in groups of two or three and just use the sheet there and uh, ask the question, what's a healthy habit that you would like to have? Okay? So and we're going to give you a minute. it's on your sheet. You know, it's got the question there. It's really got a script that you can follow. That'll, that'll make it... 
very manageable for you. And so we, we are not making you coaches this week. We are opening your eyes to ways to have conversation and ways to be curious about what's going on in another person's head and help them move them from where they are to where they want to go. So these are some skills that can be developed to help move. And not every conversation goes just like you want it to. <laughs> but as, you know, as time goes by and there's more practice and there's more curiosity and we develop this empathy for others and this autonomy that we give to other people, it really changes the way that we think, therefore the way that we behave. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time here today. I pray that you will take what we have been discussing today and help us to know how to use it in a loving way to win people's hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.